Serial Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome back to the Serial Entrepreneur podcast. As always, I am your host and I am super excited to bring to you our guest for today, the tweeting goddess, also known as the wonderful Samantha Kelly, who has a plethora of talents. So I'm super excited to be speaking to the award-winning Twitter expert, social media strategist, speaker, author, and founder of the Women's Inspire Network. Samantha, it's such a pleasure to have you on today. How are you? I'm great, thanks. And thanks for having me. Thanks for the opportunity. No, thank you so much. Honestly, as I say, it is such a pleasure. You, um, you are a big name and you've, you've achieved such success. So we are excited to share that with the community. Before we delve into that, I do have to ask you, as I ask everyone, what is your favourite breakfast cereal and why? Rice Krispies. I know it's disgraceful and you know what I don't really I just have them there as a treat in the cupboard because you know when I was a child I always wanted to have Rice Krispies but we didn't so Rice Krispies now we know the real Samantha Kelly who is into her Rice Krispies as a treat I would love to know a little bit more about the Samantha Kelly and you know her background and your journey and kind of how you've got to where you are today okay well um it's all happened when I was hitting 40. My marriage had broken up. My daughter, who is uh, hard of hearing, she has two hearing aids. She was about to start mainstream school and my father had passed away. So I was kind of in a place where, what do I do next kind of thing? What's life all about? Blah, blah, blah. So what happened was my other daughter, who was 11, got her first period. So I felt sorry for her. So I was like, oh God, I'll go to the shop and I'll get her a nice beginner set and a little gift. And to welcome her to womanhood and there were no beginner sets and I couldn't I was like why why are there no and I I stood there in the supermarket aisle and decided there and then that I was going to create this gift box for young girls when they came to that awkward milestone I had no money (laughs) no business experience nothing and there and then in the supermarket aisle I decided that I was going to do this so I called it funky goddess it was a gift box that a parent could give their daughter and I had no marketing budget I had no experience at all on social media I barely had a Facebook page and my sister said she'd help me and she built me a website and all of that and uh, she put me on Twitter and she said right, there you go. Now go and market your business. And I was like, what do I do? I had no idea. So what I did was I learned as much as I could online. There were loads of things on YouTube and so on. And then when the kids were in bed, I was lonely and I wanted to meet other business owners just like me so I could learn as well. And I just started chatting to people on Twitter after half past nine at night, which is actually the busiest time on Twitter, by the way. So I was lucky. I was going in the busy time and I just started building relationships. I didn't realize I was building relationships. I thought I was just chatting to people and my business grew and my, the journalists are all on Twitter. So they were very interested in what I was doing. And I started seeing the power of good content and storytelling because I went on the Irish Dragon's Den to get investment for the company because I didn't have any money. I needed investment to make it, to make a profit. (laughs) And uh, I went to Dragon's Den and it was quite emotional because like my father had just passed away and a butterfly landed on the makeup girl's light when I was getting my makeup done and it was January and she was like oh why is there a butterfly here and I was like oh that's my dad you know and then when I went up to the dragons of course all the nerves and emotions and so I ended up being the girl who cried on dragon's den so it's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it but um 
I saw the power of Twitter that day. I had about 5,000 followers at this stage. And I saw the power of being human, the human behind the business as well. So that kind of was where my profile started growing. And then, so what happened was that was my first business. And, and then what happened was I was sitting around the fire one day, like I was getting sales everywhere, loads of sales, but I, I was actually not making a profit, wasn't even taking a wage at this stage. And I was exhausted because I was doing everything. And I just uh, decided to park it one day when we were sitting around the fire and there was no coal left. Uh, myself and my two daughters and I said I can't do this anymore to them so I shelved it a customer bought it off me so I sold my first startup and then a hotel up the road here in Wexford asked me could I help them with their Twitter they said oh you're you seem to be really good at this Twitter thing and I was like yeah sure I'll show you how to do it and then they said um actually will you just do it for us and their clicks to sale went up 15 percent. so tweeting goddess was born I realized I had a talent on Twitter and that's really where tweeting goddess came from Oh, wow. That's incredible. And so what year was, was your first business? Did you start that? And how did you kind of find the, the industry, the, the entrepreneurial business world back then? Well, it was about 2011. And so about 10 years ago. And then, well, I found it difficult because I was in that poverty trap already as a lone parent. And I was thinking, well, how can I get out? I, I thought it was very unfair that you couldn't get grants, you couldn't get loans unless you already had money. And so I thought, it was, so I had to start a business with no money, basically. And I did it. I did it. It wasn't easy, but I did it. But it was all about relationships and all about people, all about, you know, persistence and determination and just being believing in what you were doing. And also it was about surrounding myself with the right people that, you know, didn't think I was crazy, that understood my drive. And that's why it's so important to have a network like with startups in it, with other entrepreneurs in it, with other women in business or whatever it is, so that you can actually get that network that understands you. Yeah. Yeah. The the community, I guess. And um, yeah, it's obviously so important. That's what kind of pushed you on maybe to go further yeah I was determined to help these people too even though I couldn't help them now I said you know what when I start when I get successful I'm going to make sure that I do this and so I did so I as you know I created my women's inspire network because I knew I knew that there were other women out there like me I knew I could reach a global audience with online I just got really really good and kept learning learn 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 as much as I could and I kind of tapped into America a lot because that's the lovely thing about online you can go global if you are an expert in what you do you can do consultations globally and so now I have clients in New York in Australia in the UK in uh, Spain you know so it doesn't matter where you are once you have wi-fi and once you have the talent and the skills to deliver training and to help people yeah definitely and and like you say that that is the power and that is, you know, especially in the, the past 18 months, being able to go global for a lot of people was kind of a, a godsend and helped helped save their businesses. Absolutely. I mean, look, you know, I was always online and my network, my Women's Inspire Network was always online. So I was well used to it. So when the pandemic hit, I didn't, a lot of people like panicked and disappeared. Whereas I didn't, I went, hang on now. How can I help people? I have a load of Twitter followers here. So why don't I do something useful? So I did a tweet saying if anyone was self-isolating, if they needed any help to reach out to me and I connect them with other people who were self-isolating. And it went viral. 
the tweet went viral. I ended up the nine o'clock news. The crew came down here to my office here, my box room in Rosslare Harbour. I ended up having the, the RT news team here. Um, I, I was interviewed. I was on the nine o'clock news and then I was on Euro news and then I was on the UK Times and everything it was mad, mad. But all I did was something kind and I just did it at the right time and was helping people. So the intent was good, you know. And that, that's, yeah. Definitely. I mean, you can kind of see that throughout your whole journey. Like everything that you, you seem to have done is kind of to help others. And, you know, you're always thinking of, you know, being kind. And you've, you've got that kind of lovely side to you, if you don't mind me saying. Thank you. I wasn't always like that. I wasn't always like that. No, no, honestly, like I'm, I'm 13 years sober as well. So it's part of my being in recovery is to help others as well. It's not about me. And I think that's what makes me so successful online and in my business is because I know it's not about me. It's about my audience. It's about my customers. It's not about me at all. And don't get me wrong. I love the limelight and I love speaking at conferences and I love this podcast interview. And, you know, I love all this. But at the end of the day, if I want to be a useful member of society because I wasn't a useful member of society 13 years ago. So if I can be a useful member of society now and bring others with me instead of just leaving people behind, I like to bring them with me. And I think that's what makes me stand out. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And it's, it kind of just makes everyone want to flock to you and see what you're up to because you know, you have that lovely persona and yeah, you just have this like warm feeling <laughs> that I've literally got through through the computer. But social media and especially Twitter sometimes isn't always kind of that sort of place. I know there can be a lot of negativity around social media and Twitter and Twitter wars and all sorts, especially maybe in the past few years more than you know previous times. How have you kind of found that? Have you found yourself in any situations people kind of being really negative, and how do you deal with? that sort of situation yourself. It's very interesting because I did an article on how to deal with trolls. And the reason I did it was because I had had some people that were saying terrible things about me and I didn't know how to handle it at the start. I I, I would cry, like I'd be crying afterwards and everything. But then I ended up realizing, hang on, I don't even have to, I can just block this person. This is great. So I just blocked them. And, you know, I did a TEDx talk all about that and I just blocked them all. And I haven't heard from them at all. And I even don't care anymore. And that's the thing. That's their stuff. It's none of my business what others think of me, really. You know, that's their stuff. But yes, I did an article about that because people are, there is a fear around social media and particularly Twitter because it has such a bad reputation because all you hear in the media are the bad stuff, the bad tweet that certain presidents put out or whatever. But I think through the pandemic, I think the fact that actually the journalists jumped on my tweet was because it was something positive, because it was a bit of light, a bit of kindness, a bit of hope. And if you can bring hope to Twitter, you will stand out. So if you're bringing value, you're educating people, you're uh, sharing your knowledge and you're helping others, you will stand out from everybody else because this is going to sort the men out from the boys this pandemic, I can tell you, because even when I reached out and I said, look, you know, does anyone want me to do a brainstorming session for business? And everyone was like, yeah, count me in. And so we did a brainstorming session. And then I did a little webinar on how to how to do a webinar. Because a lot of people were like, Zoom, uh, what's Zoom? You know, some people didn't even know what Zoom was. Whereas I've been doing webinars for years with Women's Inspire Network. So our membership went up 28% actually during this year. Yeah. Because people realized you can network online. You can build relationships online. You can build friendships online. I have met people that 
I only met on social media and I've met them in person and we have great crack. Actually, I'm meeting one lady tomorrow, Thursday. I'm going to pick her up off the train. We originally met on Twitter. And then when I was in New York, I said, let's meet for a cup of tea. We had a cup of tea. And then I ended up speaking at an event when I went back to New York. And now she's home from New York and we're going to meet and have a cup of tea. So it's about nurturing the relationships too. Yeah, definitely. And I think that, you know, I don't want to stereotype here, but that is definitely a female trait, isn't it? You build up relationships, you want to continue with them and you get to know people beyond the business. And I'm not saying that men can't do that, but it is a a female trait. And obviously you've, you've smashed it, you've hit the nail on the head. How did you grow the community so much? Um, Obviously on Twitter, and then I will move on to asking you specifically about obviously the Women's Inspire Work Network, because that was incredible as well. But yeah, on social media, and and obviously especially on Twitter, the Sweeting Goddess, how do you, what is the secret to the success? How do you grow the community so much on there? I just keep adding value and I go and see how my followers are. I I use Twitter lists and I have lists of people I want to keep an eye on. They could be someone maybe I want to collaborate with in the future or someone who I want to get in their radar. So let's say there's someone you really, really admire, like, like Gary Vaynerchuk or someone that you really, really admire. Follow them engage with them every time they tweet say something because they they see that they do notice that so i notice the people who always retweet me i know who the people are who always uh, say nice things about me so i actually put them on twitter lists so i i can help them back you know because it's not about me again it's not about me so i go and check and see how they are and a journal request you know if i see a journalist looking for a comment on something that i can't help with but i know someone who can i tag that person and and that's what it's about. It's about, you know, when you help others, they'll remember that and you'll be the first person. And trust me, people are watching. The biggest tip I can give you today is don't bitch about others online because people are watching all the time. Their friends are watching. They'll take a screenshot. They'll send it to you because they send them to me, <laughs> you know. And then I also got like a, a contract, a project, and they said they've been watching me for three months. So, you know. It's really important. So that's how you you just keep it positive. Even if there's sometimes I want to go, different answer. But I just go, no, I better not respond to that. And I just stay away from controversy altogether. You know, it's, it's the way to go is just keep adding value and just be kind. But if you're putting it on, we will know as well. So if you're not, an, if you're an idiot offline, and you're, you're going to be an idiot online. And we can see through that as well. We can see through falseness. I can actually know what a person's like by their Twitter. It's mad. It's mad. There's a whole psychology. Yeah, I could tell you, like if you say, oh, see what they're like. What do you think of them? I know by their follower ratio as well, by what they're tweeting, I know what they'd be like. And I'm usually right. That is a talent, honestly. And um, I guess it's so cliche because everyone does say it, but it's um, true in the sense that you have to be careful what you put online because once it's out there, you you can't get rid of it and it will come back to haunt you. Yeah, but the simple way to look at it is, okay, how can I add value to Twitter today? So when you're going to do that tweet, say, right, is this tweet going to inspire? Is this tweet going to help someone learn something new? Is this tweet going to make someone smile? Is it going to bring joy or is it going to give hope? And if, if you can answer any of those questions before you do the tweet, then, you know, 
you're in a good place or can I help add information to because people go to Twitter for real time news as it happens. So if you're that person providing that real time news, then you're in a great position. Definitely. And obviously, Twitter is kind of your forte. And obviously, you're a, you're a social media strategist. So I'm sure you work across the board. I do. And LinkedIn and, and webinars and online is particular and events. I'm very good at getting bums on seats for events as well. Yeah, there's no end to your talents. Have you seen a decline though in Twitter where other social platforms have been introduced and seem to have taken off or has it kind of stayed the same but it's a certain uh, type of person maybe? Yeah, it's a different demographic on Twitter. So like uh, Twitter and LinkedIn be very similar, B2B platforms. And also B2C, Twitter is great for it. Like if you, the demographic would be aged 35 to 55, but the highest growing demographic are the over 55s. So if you are, okay, for example, I'll give you an example. Let's say you do new baby products, new baby gifts. Instagram is really where you, you should be. Instagram, maybe TikTok. Okay, because you're thinking about the age group that's on those platforms, but Instagram definitely. However, there's Pinterest as well, because it's visual, especially if it's a visual type gift, but also the grandmothers and the big sisters of these moms are on Twitter. And they're the ones that are more likely to buy the baby gift than the mum on Instagram. So you have to start find out who your find out who your client is, who your customers are. Definitely. And have you found obviously um, you mentioned that LinkedIn is also one of your big areas. Have you found that there is a similar sense of community on LinkedIn as there is on Twitter, or is it more professional on Twitter? And then, yeah, what was what's the sort of trends? No, there's definitely, yeah, there's definitely different kinds of communities on both. Um, but LinkedIn's definitely gone a little bit more human. Now, I was always human on, on LinkedIn because I kind of just moved from Twitter to LinkedIn. I do feel that Twitter is like LinkedIn's living room. So you'd see the the kind of more serious side on LinkedIn, but then you'll see them messing on Twitter, you know? So it's funny, you see the human behind the the CEO or the decision maker, but that's why it's really powerful Twitter for decision makers. I can build great relationships with decision makers, but it might not say on their bio what they do. It might just say dad of tree or something, dog lover. You know, it might not say their position in whatever company. And that's really interesting. I always find that really interesting. So I have built these relationships over the years. And the next thing I find out what they do, I'm like, what? I didn't even know you did that. You know, so it's funny. But, you know, LinkedIn, I do find once you're giving value, once you are, and there's so many new things as well with LinkedIn, you know, you can put a, your, a video in your profile picture now, you can, there's creator mode, there's um, LinkedIn live, so I can go live from Restream into LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook all at the same time, for example, you know, there's so many things. So I think LinkedIn is really, I'm waiting for social audio now with LinkedIn because there's social audio, Twitter spaces is great for, you know, doing little rooms and chatting about different topics. I, I really love that. A lot of people still don't know that exists. So I'm, I'm making quite an impact there and on Clubhouse. And then LinkedIn, I think is going to come out with a social audio platform as well. Yeah. Clubhouse is one, obviously, we haven't touched on. Uh, haven't, I haven't heard from, heard about that one in a while, actually, which is, it was a, it was a, whoo, wasn't it, during the pandemic? Obviously, this is a podcast. So for everyone that doesn't understand what who means, I shot my arm up in the air. Oh, great. I didn't need my lipstick, did I not? <laughs> <laughs> but you look gorgeous for it. <laughs> Yeah, so it, sh- it shot up, didn't it? And have you seen that that one maybe isn't 
as successful as Twitter and LinkedIn has been? Or again, is it just a certain type of person that has really stuck around on Clubhouse? Ooh, that's the bit. Yeah, it's the same thing again. Find your people, find your tribe, you know, find who the people are that you resonate with. Like we did one this morning for the Women's Inspire Network and we had loads of women jump in. Then we had some guys jumping in. It was a really nice room. And we we're just talking about, you know, showing that you're the expert and how do you do that? And it was just really nice because we made like a few good connections from all over the world on that room. So it's great for reaching a global audience. Again, there are some rooms I wouldn't bother going into, but then there's some rooms I really am interested in, like LinkedIn rooms. I'm the only Twitter expert on Clubhouse. So I am just like, it's brilliant choice for me. But um, I do chat to Madeline Scalar, who's also a Twitter expert. And I did mention to her that we should do a Clubhouse room together because I think it's important that you collaborate with potential people who could be seen as competitors because, you know, there's sometimes things that, might not suit me that might suit her more you know and and vice versa so I do think it's important to collaboration I'm always open to collaboration and you know and also I think lately what I've learned from Clubhouse is to to value what I do and, and price accordingly because I think sometimes we don't realize that we could be underpricing and I was underpricing for a long time like underselling really what I had as well so I, I I've learned myself from Clubhouse so I go there to learn as well you know yeah Definitely. I highly recommend listening to Pitch Deck by Nick Telson, a podcast where seed startup founders pitch to Nick and a guest, angel investor, and then face a live Q&A about the business. Nick and his guests then discuss the opportunity very openly. It gives you a great insight into how angel investors think and what they're really looking for, as well as hearing loads of cool startup ideas and how different founders pitch. Nick himself sold his company, Design My Night, and is now founder of Horseplay Ventures that has invested in 40 startups to date. Search Pitch Deck by Nick on all podcast streaming platforms. I've heard a lot that underselling is obviously one of the biggest falls of female founders, women in tech, because, I mean, even you briefly said it to me before we started this conversation. As women, we sometimes doubt ourselves. And obviously, imposter syndrome is a big thing, underselling ourselves. You know, we need to sometimes have this confidence that, and maybe slash arrogance that men sometimes do portray in, in the business world. How have, obviously, you've started the Women's Inspire Network, which is incredible and I want to hear all about, but how have you also found being a woman on Twitter, a woman in the business world, a female founder? Have you had any sort of kind of prejudice or challenges yourself? Well, more so from not being taken seriously because of my Twitter, because of my business name, Tweeting Goddess. It's like, oh, you know, who's she Twitter? Oh, I don't want to put my breakfast up on Twitter. I'm like, no, it's not about that. I just uh, I just don't even waste my time anymore. I just walk away. But like I've noticed as well. Um, another thing, I remember I did an event once and I was speaking at this event and delivered a workshop. And it was a big company. And I remember the guy, out, we were outside and he said, you know, I was surprised how much you charged. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he goes, because the guy who was here two weeks ago charged three times as much as you. And that's when I realized, oh, you know, and that that but that's, you know, it's very common, you know, and there are lots of great experts. Actually, we have a conference on the 13th of October and we have one lady, Denise McGarry, and she's going to be talking about increasing your prices with confidence. So I just know I, I actually always choose topics that I know people 
are grappling with at the moment. Like another topic we have is how to organize your calendar for discovery calls. So all of these simple things that nobody teaches you, I want to kind of bring as much value as possible to my audience. And, you know, women and men, there are a lot of really lovely men out there that have supported me. And actually, as a matter of fact, when I came around first, it was men who sat and listened to my crazy ideas. And there wasn't any woman that actually kind of supported me or reached their hand out or there was one now who was very helpful gave me a lift once to an event but it was mostly men so just you know that's why I decided to that we need I want to be the woman that I needed to meet when I started that's what I want that's my purpose the role model that we were crying out for in the um in the social media world definitely and and I think that you know it's it's lovely that you've highlighted that men were so supportive and they did help you because a lot of the conversation I've, I've been having recently is that, yes, you know, there are still problems when it comes to diversity on so many levels, but men men are part of the conversation. They want to be part of the conversation. And it is, you know, something that we need to be working on together rather than saying, as women, we need to be doing this together and overturning men. No, no, not at all. Because, God, I love my dad's to my dad to bits I love my husband there, there are some really good men out there my brothers are deadly you know and they're so good for their wives and they're so good to them so I mean it's just that little minorities and don't forget there are women there's that little minority of women who are very cruel and not nice and do bitch about others and do you know and I think that's why my network is so nice because there are no bitches in my network I love that I love it am I allowed to say that yeah of course you are <laughs> But it's true because bitchy people, if you look at my profile on Twitter, it says nice people collector. Okay. So first of all, someone that's not nice is not going to follow me because they're going to go, oh, she's too fluffy for me. Right. And nice people are going to go, oh, I want to be part of this nice community. And, you know, it's just attracts, you attract the right people and people, the people who wouldn't be as nice don't join my network. So it's great. You know, I don't have that problem, you know, because they don't like me. So they don't want to support me. So, you know, you, it's like school, you know, it's like school. You, you find your little group that you like and you feel safe with and you feel supported by and you stick with them. You know, it's a pity there's not a block button on in real life, isn't it? Yeah, please don't come near me. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about look, it's about looking after yourself and your mindset as well. And I've been learning a lot as I go along. And even my clients teach me because some of my clients might be experts in what they do, but they're not necessarily getting their profile up online and they're not showing online on Twitter and LinkedIn in particular. They just they don't like technology, so they don't know how to promote themselves, whereas they're actually experts in what they do. So I actually learn from them as well. It's great. Definitely. And let's talk more about obviously your network the women's inspired network so when did you start this what was obviously i'm guessing it's self-explanatory but tell me the reasonings behind it and yeah how you actually came to starting this and how that how that journey has been for you well i went to loads of networking events and a lot of the time i didn't feel like i got value like i would have got a babysitter i would have driven up for an hour and a half whatever it was and i go i didn't learn anything new i could have been working instead of being here like you know and I just felt like that's that's wrong like why was I not getting value and I realized I wasn't getting value because they weren't speaking to me they weren't speaking to me as an entrepreneur as a female entrepreneur they weren't speaking to me and I just felt okay and then also this whole I didn't have the right clothes I didn't know 
the right lingo and maybe I was a bit I'm a bit of a messer as well you know and I like to kind of I think you should have fun in life you know God life's too short and you know it doesn't mean I don't do my job and I'm not professional I am totally professional and I really do deliver for my clients but I think when you're meeting people like this you know people a lot of people don't even like networking events and you could be the person that actually makes a difference to one person in that room and I just didn't feel it and so I said right I'm going to create my own network and I also wanted an online network because I felt like a lot of I started my business in my when I was 40 so I didn't grow up with Facebook I didn't grow up with email or mobile phones so I thought god there must be other women like me that don't know how to use Twitter and don't know how to use LinkedIn and don't know how to attach document to an email and how to do a sale like you could start a business, but some entrepreneurs don't even know how to do a sale, how to follow up with a sale, how to create lead magnet. So all of these things, I wasn't learning in any of those events, but I wanted to learn that stuff. So I decided to create a hashtag on Twitter, first of all, called Women's Inspire. And it was a Twitter chat. And then everyone was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant. Can we do it again? So then I created a Facebook group and then that with 8000 members and I was exhausted. And I said, right, hang on, Samantha, here we go again. You need to think like a businesswoman. So I said, you know what, maybe if I charge 20 a month and I give a week, get a weekly webinar and have a private Facebook group and give these women useful introductions to and PR opportunities, maybe they'll, maybe they'll join my network. And so now we have 484 members all over the world who actually some of them have met even in New York. Like when we go traveling, we meet each other and stuff. It's just Lovely. It was always like that before the pandemic. So, you know, we've always had this network and this connection all over the world and globally. And like they're getting opportunities to speak at global events that they wouldn't have had or getting PR opportunities um, from some of the journalists who come in and post in the group first before they go public with the opportunities. And But that's all relationships that I've built over the years. And I've invited them in and I've said, you know, like people buy from people and if they didn't like me, they wouldn't join my network, you know? So there is a lot of relationship building and helping and being available, which is, which can be difficult, but I have a team now, team of five. So they kind of organize all that stuff. So it's great. Yeah. So I just started it because I, I needed it myself, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, to see how it's grown is obviously incredible. And like you say, it was obviously needed and you're giving these women value. Like you say, there's probably so many communities out there, others that may work for other women, but you know, some of them don't actually give you something new that you, you know, at the beginning you said, is it going to teach someone new? Is it going to bring someone value? And you know, that, that has been your key message throughout. So I think obviously your network doing that is just kind of portraying what you did on Twitter with you know uh, a group of powerful women so yeah and you know a lot of the women there's some great friendships that have happened and actually we have a walk here in Rosslare Harbour I'm just doing a walk I said look a walk and a picnic if you want to come and loads of them are coming down like and it's just like it's not just about business and a lot of us have teenagers there might be like some little issue that came up and so it's not just about business it's also that support and just knowing that you're not on your own and you're not mad. No, you're not mad. You know, it's okay. You know, that customer was wrong. You know, you were right. You know, things like that. So it's really helpful. Yeah. It sounds like more than a business network, like say friendships have been born. And yeah, that is incredible to see. Women supporting women is one of my my favorite things ever. As well as your obviously many endless talents, it sounds like you love starting new projects for yourself. You're also obviously a very successful author. I believe some of the books behind you, maybe. No, just th- th- this one. 
This is the one. Yeah. No, there are wards. See the way I said that? No, there are wards. <laughs> That's my book, the little book of Twitter magic. But no, they're, they're like different awards for things. That was for digital marketing. That was for the Tweety Inspire Award. That was an audience vote thing I won. And there's another one here somewhere. I don't know where it is. Anyway, there's another one there for... So casual. There's another one there somewhere. These are just by awards. No big deal. I don't know. Oh, yeah. This one at the top. Yeah, sorry. Influencer. Second runner-up and the Influencer of the Year Awards. Yeah. You were absolutely slashing in. You need to own it. Some more tweeting goddess. <laughs> I know. I'm my own. I'm, see, I don't, I, I don't take my own advice. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But you know what? It's just... This is just my box room in Rosslare Harbour. So it's lovely to be able to tell people, anyone listening, you can start a global business from once you have Wi-Fi and once you have a phone, Wi-Fi and a website, you know, the world's your oyster, especially if you're an expert in your space. Yeah, definitely. And so an expert in your space, tell me a little bit more about your book. How how did that come about? How was how was writing it? Did you find it easy or was it quite a challenge for you? Or I worked with a lady who does self-publishing. So I just it's really just a marketing tool that I bring along with me to events. And most of it is like Twitter tips and how I started on Twitter and, you know, um, working from home. It's all about... <laughs> It's actually quite funny. Top 20 mistakes businesses make on Twitter, you know, um, all little things like the do's and don'ts, Twitter etiquette. But then Twitter stories. I have little Twitter stories in there of people who Twitter has changed their lives and how Twitter worked for them. So I actually asked on Twitter, did anyone have a story they wanted to put in my book? And so I had a few contributors. And then I got Ted Rubin to write the, the the little back bit at the back and you know he was someone I always admired on Twitter and he did it for me so it's it's all about relationships it's all about like this is really just a little pocketbook for anyone that is thinking of starting a business and and then I also mentioned my husband behind every successful female entrepreneur is support see we have to remember the men like they're the ones that have to watch us you know going through the the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur so yeah no it's just it's yeah I like it but I want to do a new one now because I'm you know I always want to do new things <laughs> yeah, you you haven't got enough on your plate so you want to do something else yeah yeah it's like oh, I want a new one now I'm bored with that one <laughs> amazing and I know we briefly touched upon it but you have a conference on the 13th of October tell us a little bit more about that and um, what people can expect maybe yeah absolutely I decided to do a conference about owning it go global and claim your space own it and go global so I got some speakers together that I found were adding great value lately so we have Denise uh, McGarry who's going to be talking about how to increase your prices with confidence we're going to talk about how to go global I'm going to talk about how to actually become known as the go-to expert in your niche we'll have remote working and the importance of planning in advance it's all useful stuff how to create a social media strategy that's Juanita from Australia we'll have Hoseline Main who's from the USA and he's going to be talking about Twitter spaces and how to reach a global audience on Twitter spaces so you'll definitely even one of those talks will be worth more than that ticket price which is just 30 euros but you know even for for your listeners though I, I'm happy to create a discount code uh, what will I call it startup what did I call it I'll tell you now if you want to come along like it's really about coming along it's only a couple of hours three hours long so it's not going to be all day and just come along and, and join in the buzz yes yeah, startup mag 
gives 10% off start up mag all small lowercase um but the thing about the events is it will trend on it, it will trend number one in Ireland it will be a trending hashtag you will get value because what did I say before I never got value at these events so you will go away with stuff that you can implement implement that day if not one thing about 10 things that you can implement and we're going to go networking into twitter spaces so you'll even learn twitter spaces on the day as well so it's really cool it's always a great event and it's always a great buzz and um yeah i'm looking forward to it it's on the 13th of october i'm looking forward to it too i'm gonna jump off this podcast and get my ticket now so yes for anyone listening startups mag will get you 10 percent off but we'll also include a link in wherever you found this this podcast so samantha thank you so much for giving us so much value today and really kind of motivating me as as a female and as a twitter user you know i'd kind of not fallen out with twitter but i was like oh you know i don't really use twitter that much and i went to london tech week yesterday and i was using twitter because obviously it's really good for events and there's always hashtags and what was the hashtag uh, ltw2021 and Hillary Clinton was there speaking and it was there were so many good panelists and good talks it was in real life was it oh yeah and I would and I just wanted to share with you know the community and the the industry out there so I was on Twitter and I was like I've really missed Twitter and speaking to you today you know it's shown what kind of value Twitter can bring to to businesses and to people and relationships as well it's great actually hashtags for event little tip you know if you do I'm actually on that hashtag now and I'm going to follow some of the people that were there because they might like my event okay but also when you see actually a conference and you use the hashtag what I do is before I even get to the conference I start engaging with people on the hashtag and say I'll see you there I might see you there da, 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 da. and next thing you're having coffees and you've got meetings arranged before you even get there yeah the power of the hashtag i love it i should do an article on that shouldn't i really yeah you should and i will share it on star Wars magazine <laughs> okay well actually we'll chat about that afterwards there you go definitely well no thank you so much Samantha, for being our guest today it's been such a pleasure and yes you have given us so much value so thank you you're welcome serial entrepreneur